This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Good morning. Happy Saturday morning. And welcome to Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we are your hosts. I'm Alexis. And I'm Grace. And we are back to do our favorite thing. For y'all, the audience, we are going to tell another true crime, quote unquote, true crime (laughs) comedy tale based on an episode of a classic animated cartoon. We have been doing the Rescue Rangers, right? For the past eight, seven weeks. This is week seven. We have one more. Yeah, wow. Yeah, we have one more episode of Rescue Rangers left after this. If you're new to our podcast slash video podcast then we try to do like eight episodes of each different cartoon that we talk about and here we are coming towards the end of our rescue rangers mm-hmm. journey uh and today <laughs> it has which i feel like maybe we say that too much but it's because it's always true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why are we always going on these random journeys with these animated rodents yep. uh anyway today grace will be our tour guide or our journey oh. woman taking us through an adventure, a mystery. Would you like to take it away? Or is there any other business that I am most likely forgetting to share with our Uh, lovely viewers and listeners? I don't think so, but it just really uh, makes me wish that I was doing like an episode, how like my first Rescue Rangers one, like they were on a safari Mm -hmm. guide or like a horse guided trip so that I could like segue smoothly into it. But we're literally not at all. I wish I would have thought of that during that episode. Go back, delete that episode, re-edit it, and then re-upload it. (laughs) For that like eight (laughs) second line. Yeah. And we're like, you just clip it straight from this video. So we're like still wearing these clothes. (laughs) It's like so out of sync. Yeah, like the audio is better. I I also don't make the segue. You just say that and then we don't record (laughs) me making a segue. Yeah, smooth. Yeah, like always. Um, Any schmoozies. Well, I am very excited uh, to bring you this episode today. I think I texted you about this earlier, but this is my Mm -hmm. favorite episode that I've watched so far of Rescue Rangers. Cool. It gave me the chance to like really geek out on something. Uh, mm-hmm. as I was watching it and as I was writing it, which we'll get to that eventually. Dive into that. Cool. Um, but this is season one, episode 26 on Disney Plus of Rescue Rangers entitled The Case of Stage Blight. Oh. And yes, so <laughs> the classic play on words, not really referencing anything, but you know, stage fright, stage yeah. blight, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and this episode, also why I love it so much, features... This is going to be a big statement. Maybe one of my favorite Rescue Rangers criminals to date. Oh, that is a big statement. That's a big one. Rescue Rangers criminal. Okay. uh, Because I am fascinated by him and the fact that from his backstory that he actually tells himself in this episode, uh, fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by the way he's depicted in interacting with the world. Because for both of those things of his backstory, again, in his present day, I don't even have to that wildly speculate about this character. Oh, gosh. The writers did all the speculations. They did. Oh, they gave it to us up front. Uh, We'll get to them shortly, though. Cool, cool. So uh, I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. 
dive into this, this sucker here. So Alexis, buckle on up, dive on. Yes. You try to dive in, but you're buckled up. So like, but, I can't so dive. Safe. The safety oh. thing just keeps coming yeah. because people usually just dive right from their cars and <laughs> just like windows. run my, run my car into a community pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did it. Thank you. I appreciate cool. your dedication. Thank you. So mm-hmm. on what seems like a lovely night out for the rescue Rangers team, mm-hmm. they found themselves all the whole gang duct taped at the mouth and tied up, but not tied up in a way that they were like incapacitated. Yeah. We're going straight in baby. Oh my God. Instead, all of the gang were tied up to strings and ropes and being pulled every which way as if they were marionettes forced to play out a scene on stage while controlled by someone much larger in his so-called dinner theater. But just as Chipper Dale, I don't remember which one it was, uh, is able to fight back and, you know, kind of pull down the string that he's being controlled by and rip his duct tape off, yelling at their captor. And he's able to kind of like move around and get all of their strings in one giant knot so they can't be controlled anymore. Um, the, The captor simply just gives a shrug and says, I should have known better than to work with amateurs. Fine. We'll dispense with the theater part and get right to dinner. And with that, he holds his forced marionette captives over his mouth, ready to eat the rescue rangers right then and there. This is all in the first few seconds. Sorry. Of my story, it is. Okay. Got you. Okay. Cool. (laughs) That's what I like to jump into the moment and we'll backtrack here. So, um, okay. Please. Yeah. Yes, so he's about to eat the rescue rangers as he has done for others that he did not deem worthy of the stage because everyone's a critic. Am I right, ladies? Uh, Let's tell you. Artist is subjective. Yes, with the rescue (laughs) rangers soon to be out of his way, he can continue on his original mission, which is straight up more murder of those not worthy to grace his stage. So, with the rescue rangers all dangling over their death and impending doom for someone else that we'll get to, like I said, we're going to hit pause real quick and backtrack to figure out who's trying to eat them right now and how did the rescue rangers become marionettes slash dinner? Exactly. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. our hungry criminal today, Alexis, is one sewer nose de Bergerac. Is his name? It is quite the name. Like a quick Simon. <laughs> uh, what's and sorry, go ahead. I googled the name because I was yeah. like, the fuck. Uh, yeah. and the writers, you know, because they're always like pulling clever little Easter eggs. Um, so a quick Google tells me that there was once a I want to say this wrong. You speak French, you'll be able to say it right, maybe. Uh, Cyrano. C-Y-R-A-N-O, De Bergerac. So this is who you were trying to say two seconds yeah. ago. Yes. Can I say it was? But here's, oh, sure. funny. Yeah. you know how I know that name? How? From Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Linda makes a joke about it in one episode. I can't exactly remember the context, but she wow. name drops him. Yeah. I thought it was a play. Maybe it's an actual... No, you are correct. Okay. So, it's an actual, per- it's both. So it's a person that then was put into a play. A play was gotcha. based on him. Okay. So, how do you say his first name? 
I, I, you sound, you know, sound French. I don't. Can you repeat it just in your way? Because I forget. Cyrano. Cyrano. So if Linda Belcher's pronunciation is correct, that's what Cyrano. Okay, great. We'll yeah. go with it. I'm not yeah. going to fight you on it. I've, I don't know the French of it. <laughs> yeah. Do. Classic that I didn't learn that from studying French for however long. And that's I what I thought you were going to say. From Bob's Burgers. No, <laughs> Where we learned everything from TV, Grace. <laughs> Still cultured AF that you immediately were like saying it. And I was like, no, Alexis, you're not going to know it. And then I was wrong. I'm saying Simon though. So I was like, sigh something. (laughs) Whatever you were, I had no idea. So you get like all the thousand points for that. So thank you, Linda Belcher. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Bob's Burgers as always. (laughs) So the actual person lived from 1619 to 1655. And he was a French writer and soldier widely popularized through a drama by Edmund Rostand in the late 1800s. But of important note, the actual like human being, um, Cyrano, whatever, uh, he was a famous duelist and was known somewhat hilariously and rudely for his large nose. (laughs) Both of these are very relevant. The dueling part will be relevant later. Uh, but the large nose is relevant now because our dear sewer nose Dave Bergenock is <laughs> an alligator. Okay. He's got a big old nose. I guess he's got a snout and then like a little tiny nose, but big old yeah, nose. But anyways. Yeah, a lot of yes. Yeah. So we're just gonna call him sewer nose because that's his name, and they are just very literal with it. Uh, nice. after this like very cultured last name. Yeah. Sewer nose. Sewer nose. Like, that's, that's the that's the that's the closest we can get to Cyrano. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, he's an alligator with wild yellow, green, and red crazy eyes who mm. dons like a small cap with a big old green feather and like a, you know, maybe like the real Cyrano de Bergenot. Also, like, mm. imagine anyone who, like, Laurel, who lives in France, is listening to this and is like screaming about your pronunciation this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, perhaps, hey, Laurel. Uh, perhaps like, judge hey, away. Girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Uh, so, like, maybe the real one he also wears this little like little cape like little black cape with like a very high collar um <laughs> and he kind of this is a very specific reference he kind of looks exactly like the alligator in fantasia who's chasing oh. all the hippos around in the like OG <laughs> fantasia which is funny because it's all disney so they just yeah. like drew the I, exact same character probably they probably yep. reuse the cell paper honestly yeah. <laughs> like, go find a cool looking alligator done is <laughs> that yeah awesome. but you got like the same little cap and everything it's also sounding very like three musketeers yes okay. it is very cool. much cool. so very much gotcha. so so we know the origins of sewer nose i'm going to get into this before we get into our full episode in the action um mm-hmm. because he tells us himself in a very dramatic soliloquy. Of course. So, Sewer Nose was born in the Louisiana Bayou, which he still, like, every now and then has faint, like, traces of that, like, bayou drawl, but, like, it comes and goes. (laughs) It's not consistent at all. (laughs) Um, But, tragically, instead of having what I imagine is actually probably a pretty dope place to be an alligator and have a childhood in, like, the swamps of the bayou, he and his other, like, litter mates nest mates brothers and sisters and other eggs i don't know if they're called Mm -hmm. i could have looked it up i guess um instead of growing up with them yeah and his gator parents 
Uh, pretty much as soon as he hatched, he was snatched out of his egg. Um, and it was brought to what he calls a, quote, metropolitan pet store. So I assume mm. maybe New Orleans. Um, oh. But he tells us, almost as a side note, and I directly quote, you could imagine the psychological damage. <laughs> Remember that, because that's important. Oh, uh-oh. Okay, so his story gets like a little fuzzy from here. Uh, he tells, it sounds like he was adopted from the pet shop. And so again, uprooted uh, and moved to New York City because he then tells us that as soon as he started getting to settled, get settled in his new home, again, he tells us directly that he was yet again uprooted, but this time even more traumatically as, and I quote, someone's mother flushed me into the city's sewer system. Oof. Grim. So basically, lots of uprooting, lots of being torn apart, uh, lots of displacement uh, in this dear gator's life. So with nowhere else to go, Sewer Nose tells us he made his home right there in the sewer system of New York City. Right beneath, dear listeners, the place where our episode takes place, which is right beneath the opera house. Ah. And now I'm not saying that the writers of Rescue Rangers straight up plagiarized Phantom of the Opera for this episode. No, 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 no. We're not saying that at all. I'm not saying that, but I did listen to the soundtrack on repeat while I wrote this script for days on end right now. Um, So actually, Alexis, if you could like insert organ music from our Scooby-Doo episode, like right here. Now. That would be great. Um, So... Quick side tangent. Have you ever read or seen Phantom of the Opera? Seen. Okay, great. I also yeah. haven't read it. Um, Although it has been a long time since I've seen That's fine. That'll, it'll come back to you as I go through this episode. I hope so. Yeah. It's cool. like a light touch plagiarism, of oh. it, I would say. <laughs> Oops. Uh-huh. So, um, but as real quick side notes of I love this musical so fucking much it was the first musical I ever saw I think maybe in Toronto I still cry to this day when I see it because it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. once my college roomie and I Jill put it on our laptop and made like a pillow fort on the floor and it drew in like half of the floor because everyone heard us blasting it everyone (laughs) wanted to watch it um (laughs) Also, I took Justin to see it back when we lived in uh, Salt Lake City, and he didn't know what he was getting himself into, and particularly did not know that Phantom of the Opera is a fucking rock opera. And so, like, the opening scene is, like, this cool auction, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, cool, French old-timey auction, doop, 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 and then they go, illumination, and then all of a sudden, like, the guitar and, like, electric organ music plays, and this giant chandelier flies up from the stage and over the crowd, and Justin just straight up, like, mouth ajar, like, whipped his head at me, like, in the theater, and was like, holy shit, (laughs) and so... His That's eyes were open that day to yes. the true theater. Yes, his life was changed, as was mine when I was like probably like eight years old and saw this like musical. And I was just like, That's what you did. You like looked at your parents that yeah. way, like jaw dropped, head whipped around. <laughs> <gasps> eight year old Grace. Eight year old Grace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, needless to say, I was very thrilled about this episode. Awesome. So, I now understand why it's your favorite episode and why this is your favorite villain. (laughs) Yes, hands down. 
So before you think that, you know, our prima donna sewer nose is living some sad life, um, he's actually not alone in his small, like low-key palace beneath the opera house. And quick side note, not only is his palace like pretty sweet, it's lined with like torches and candles. There's like this very like elaborate bedroom and musical instruments and a broken mirror and a small stage and a long stone mm-hmm. staircase and fog, which is literally the exact same setup from Phantom of the Opera is Sewer Nose's house. So again, a sprinkle of plagiarism. It's the touch. Um, it's, we'll call it fair use. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it kind something. Of. It gets a little more heavy-handed with it each okay. passing second. Uh, anyways, like I said, Sewer Nose is not alone down there in the sewers. So he's joined by two people who are like, I think they're small people. Um, they're like very, very tiny. Um, one named, and this is going to show how uncultured and uneducated I am as well. Um, After you go on about your love for Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yes. Eurypides, yes. uh, <laughs> Eurypides, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is just as dramatically dressed as Sewer Nose. He, like his namesake, which is apparently a Greek uh, tragic playwright, he dresses in a toga and laurel wreaths. But he like to show us that he's like the nerd of the group. He's got like huge, thick, round glasses on. (laughs) Those are not period accurate, like time period accurate. Not not at all. Not at all. The writers were like, well, how else will we know he's the dweeb? They gave him like the nasally voice. Yep. And that's not enough. (laughs) Yep. Um, And then there's also the third of this little criminal party. Uh, is another very small person named Voltaire, uh, named after, yes, the French Enlightenment philosopher. Um, He wears like, you know, the 1700s tailored all the way buttoned up suit that's very stiff and speaks with a French accent the whole time um, and is kind of kind of a little pompous. Like he's a little he's a little snooty because, you know, he's a part of the enlightenment period exactly. unlike these other peasants. renaissance men quite literally <laughs> uh, so so real quick you said these are like actual people human yes. people and an alligator and an, okay cool yep. just making sure yes i get what's going on <laughs> they live in a sewer like and they're like tiny people like yeah. like okay they're just physically very small or the alligator is just very huge but i think they're actually well actually no they are very small because we see them up near the rescue rangers eventually and yes they're just very tiny people interesting yes okay. so it's that pretty clear mutated there probs actually <laughs> that's a, a whole other side tangent okay, side quest yeah. um so it's pretty clear that the three of them living under the opera house with access to it through you know the twists and turns of the sewers mm-hmm. have become patrons of the opera from afar knowing all of its ins and outs, every note that gets played and sung, the sets, the musicians, the actors, they even make some decisions behind the scenes, almost like they were phantoms of the opera. Oh, you don't hmm. say. Perhaps. <laughs> Interesting. So when <laughs> the three of them aren't slinking around the opera house, we're putting on their own shows down in the sewers, which they do quite often. Uh, with Sewer Nose always as the lead role, because like I said, he's the prima donna. He is the premier actor. Uh, They all tend, they kind of just like bicker with each other almost constantly over performances, 
critiques of each other's acting and singing, critiques of the shows in the actual opera house. Again, everybody's a critic, so they all think they're right all the time. Uh, None of them are great at taking critiques. Um, They actually are really bad at it. Hmm. But still, they... It's mainly Voltaire who's like the biggest. Critic. I was gonna say that. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say Voltaire is probably the worst at taking criticism. Oh yes, that. But yeah. like none of them are good. But as for like dishing it out, Voltaire dishes yeah. out the most. Uh, Euripides, the, the Greek one, uh, is he's like a total like brown nose to sewer nose. Um, mm. So there, that's yeah, that's what's going on with them. Uh, brown nose, but sewer nose, ew. yeah, <laughs> gross. Gross brown nose yeah. Down the yeah, I don't know what's on that nose. You, that was a poop joke. Sorry, yeah, we love poop jokes. Everybody poops, <laughs> everybody poops, everyone. So, uh, say like some other phantom of some other opera, sewer nose believes that he knows best for the theater, mm. he hints towards the fact that when shows haven't gone his way before he just eats them if whoever gets in his way he just chomp chomp chomps to make sure his vision comes to light um going as far we'll see later on as threatening just to eat the entire audience if they don't react how he wants them to react to what he sees as his show okay yes um so indeed yeah, so I think, like, once again, showing a similar violence to the OG Phantom of the Opera, he's, like, totes down to murder people to get his way on the stage. Yeah. Reminder, none of this so far has been wild speculation. This episode yeah. is fucking wild, and all of that was in there. So- I am amazed. This sounds like an R-rated, like... <laughs> Disney after dark, not Disney afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I, I mean, you're not wrong at all. So <laughs> how they snuck how exactly? this in in daytime hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure. Down the sewer, things get dark. <laughs> so, I mean, operas are usually, it's just the matinee nighttime shows anyways. So there you have it. So how did the rescue rangers end up at his how did they end up as his next theater disappointment on their way to his stomach for mm-hmm. dinner? Before you think that the rescue rangers were having like, or like one, we're just hanging out in the sewers, which they weren't, or two, having like a classy night out at the opera, know that this is all Dale's fault. So mm, Dale, yeah, classic mix up. Uh, so Dale hyped up on some like, I don't know, action movie that was coming out in like the movie theaters. Dale dragged the rescue rangers to see the movie with him, but clearly did no research at all. He was just like on the street and saw the word theater and brought them in, it seems like. And it it just ended up being an opera house. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so like he did no background research at all, so. He didn't know that there is more than one theater in the world. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, like didn't even know what this place was. Genres of art, no less. No, not at all. Okay. Literally, yeah. he like saw the stage and the curtain and was just like, a screen's gonna come out here soon. Eventually, right? Where is it? Yeah. This so, isn't what uh, I paid for. Yeah. Gosh, they didn't pay at all. They we didn't pay any. <laughs> or wrote it. Um, so as the music starts up, Dale immediately groans. Chip immediately is like, we got more important shit to do, like solving crimes. But in a shout out to your last episode, when Gadget gasps with joy at the opportunity to be cultured, 
<laughs> of course, Chip and Dale immediately are like, we'll stay. We'll, we'll stay to get cultured. This sounds great. Oh, my gosh. So they like zoom to sit next to her, like up on the rafters where they're all sitting. So, yeah, like their desperation is showing. Yeah, of course. Um, they will do anything yes. to impress her. Yep. But, you know, even Dale's left for gadget can only go so far because this fish cannot hide his straight up boredom as this opera <laughs> starts. He's like, what is this? What are they doing? He is it's your fault that they're there or his fault yeah, bro. there anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, no wonder Gadget's not in love with you. Like, shut your trap, man. Right. She's trying pretend, to watch it. Yeah. Pretend to be interested in what she's yeah. interested in. So below the stage is set in this like French Roman garden situation. There's like a big marble fountain, a winding marble staircase with a king at the top who announces that it's the beginning of the masquerade, which is one of the best songs in fashion of the opera Mm -hmm. masquerade classic. Uh, There's like a marble balcony with a woman in because it's a masquerade. She's in like, a viking outfit she's got like a long dress and fur cape and like the like long i don't know blonde braids i think or like curled up braids with like is that masquerade (laughs) she has no helmet on but she or mask on but she has like the metal helmet with like the horns sticking out for her masquerade look this that's like cosplaying she has everything she has everything but the one thing you need for a masquerade (laughs) you see the mask entirely (laughs) i wondered if it was like it just reminded me of like the looney tunes like bugs bunny opera episode which is yeah classic one and when he's when he's doing the piano or yeah 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 yeah, there's someone playing the piano there and it's that's what he's dressed up as at one point, but anyway. Oh, the Viking, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, this her is a bad tangent. But what what opera is that from? Because now you that you what? say that, I see so many plays on references. like play yeah. references on the Viking, like yeah. opera singer with pigtails. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I literally thought about googling it and just saying like Viking woman opera question mark. But I was way too hyped on Phantom of the Opera. Cool. Fair, you didn't want to. Yeah, hypey that I was just like, don't care. Yeah, keep it moving forward. So that's fair. We'll look into that later. Yeah, Yeah, for all I know, this entire like mini opera in this episode could be a real opera, and I just didn't care enough. I was like, Phantom, Phantom. This is is it. (laughs) Yeah, this is the one I care about right now. So, a Viking woman who we shortly learn is the king's daughter uh, starts singing about her sadness that her lover is gone. But then suddenly a pirate leaps through the window on stage. Her lover returned from, I don't know where, but apparently he's there to save her and whisk her away. He, I will say he's wearing like a Zorro mask. So he is in the masquerade. He's ready for the masquerade. Yep. He's got like a head to toe red fit on. um, And this king sticks his guard or his guards on them. And a pirate duel begins um Ooh. pirate guard duel begins with yeah like a little fencing like the three musketeer swords mm-hmm. um for those listening to the podcast my was me fighting was her sword. fencing uh-huh yeah fencing, thank you um i will have to i have to say that gadget monty and zipper all were loving the love story portion they were all like oh how romantic like all three of them loved it uh mm-hmm. while chip and dale thought it was gross but as soon as the sword fighting starts Chip and Dale like 
pull out like little toothpicks. It's like real cute, actually. And they start like sword fighting each other. Aww. And they're like, oh God, you pirate scum. And like running through like the rafters of the ceiling and like the, you know, like the theater catwalks and that kind of stuff. Sounding dangerous. Yes. And exactly by your like look of dismay, predictably, <laughs> they take it way too far. And Dale falls off the end of one of the rafters. <gasps> right onto the pirate's hat on stage as mm. the pirate is fighting across the stage and singing about his love, the badly dressed masquerade Viking woman, King's daughter, I guess, <laughs> princess. Um, and uh, Chip is up there just like, oops, uh, what do we do? He's just like in the like rafters, making sure the other rescue rangers didn't see that, um, even though they're all watching so they probably saw, they saw it fall from the sky <laughs> into someone's hat um but as the show continues it's raining chipmunks I just imagine yeah being <laughs> in a theater and you just see chipmunks falling from the rafters i guess it's better than mice or rats but still really freaking weird and you know what that's not the weirdest thing they're gonna see tonight oh god so okay. audience is in for a doozy so <laughs> tighten my seatbelt uh-huh as the show continues um kind of like a I, I would call it like a stage door but it's like again in kind of like the more like stage tech like ceiling part so like in theaters yeah they have like catwalks and like places for people who like do lighting and that kind of stuff to kind of like pop in and out of the actual ceiling of theaters sometimes and so from the ceiling all of a sudden one of those doors opens up and you see Voltaire and Euripides, I'm going to say it differently every time. I don't know how the fuck to say this name. Um, stick their heads out and they're like arguing for a better view because those two always are fighting, especially um, of the actors below. Um, and as oh. the actors with Chip still in their fucking or with Dale still in their hat, take their bow after this finished fight scene and like winning back the love, um, Voltaire and the Greek one are actually cutting through like a little file, a rope that holds like this giant sandbag that's like for the curtain. And so they're, they're sawing through it really quickly and it falls immediately to the stage. But luckily in that very second, the pirate that's got Dale on his hat takes a step forward for his bow and the sandbag falls right on the spot that the pirate moments ago just was like literally falling through the actual stage. So that was a heavy oh, fucking Oh, that would have probably taken him out. That would have killed him. It indeed would have. Mm -hmm. uh, and so obviously the theater starts to panic. Everyone is freaking the fuck out. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, uh, Chip saw everything that happened because he was up in those rafters. Um, so he grabs the rest of the rescue rangers, grabs Dale, and they hit the trail uh, into kind of like those back you know, catwalk type of things and kind of the the backstage of the theater because Dale or Chip was like, yeah, I saw who fucking did it. Let's go get them. They were trying to kill that actor. <laughs> so as they go through the back uh, backstage, it eventually leads them to another trap door, this time in the floor. And they plunge down into the sewer where the light is just barely streaking in from above. Uh, hilariously, as they like enter, <laughs> 
like they get to the bottom like the uh stone steps and it's the sewer with like fog everywhere and hilariously the writers actually put in like dramatic electronic organ music at this yeah. second <laughs> nice. literally a la phantom yeah. as they enter the sewers um and so the fog rolls in and there's a little boat there again like fucking phantom that they hop in and start start taking into the sewers to find uh what the fuck these little little people were up to but instead of being met with sewer nose uh, because they do eventually find another staircase and that's where they see voltaire and Euripides arguing about their failure to quote unquote get rid of a no talent actor like clarence dudley who was playing the pirate Oh, yeah. So, Clarence. Gotcha. That's why I, I, mean. I noted that. <laughs> um, yes. And the two of them like literally start physically fighting each other, like blaming mm. each other of like who fucked up this like murder plot and like why mm-hmm. they weren't successful at it. Um, but as the rescue rangers approach, uh, this is where you kind of like see them like size-wise, that like they're pretty small. And so Dale is like amped on like adrenaline of almost being murdered, you know, just having you know toothpick fought and was like i can take them and so he runs up with his little toothpick ready to fight them are they that small like that yeah yeah they were tiny i I need to watch this i'm so (laughs) yes i'm so confused Um, by these humans anyway yes so uh as they start to fight uh sewer nose rises up from behind them um and alexis that'd be terrifying there's a little like tiny detail i didn't mention yet um so it wasn't like totally relevant yet but remember when i said sewer nose himself noted the psychological damage he probably suffered yes well add that on top of being an alligator living in the sewer and we get like this little tiny detail that you actually just hinted to of like how are those two so tiny of Europitis and voltaire and it's like kind of sort of because um, they're actually puppets that Suernos thinks are real because oh. he like low key might have dissociative identity disorder. Um, so Suernos yikes control these these two puppets, thinking that they are entirely real. He gives them full personalities, different voices, interacts with them, has full conversations with them. Um, like Shutter Island all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so a quick armchair moment of, like I said at the beginning, some moderate speculation because they fully depict him as this. So I'm not even saying this is wild speculation. Yeah, yeah, um, true. So for those who don't know, dissociative identity disorder, which used to be called multiple personality disorder, and it can sometimes like be misdiagnosed as schizophrenia, but they are different. Uh, But either way, um, you know, these voices, uh, which this is distinct in both did DID and schizophrenia, is that separate voices to the hearer. the voices are entirely real. They are separate, independent entities. They're not like a made up thing. It's not a hallucination to the person experiencing it. Like they are real. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's there's like a lot of nuances between did, DID and schizophrenia. I can't go into the differences between them because I'm not an actual psychologist, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you but, reached uh, your half research quota like quarter research yeah. like, whoo this Whoa. is complicated <laughs> i need a nap 
Let me tell you. You practically have a PhD in psychology now. (laughs) Essentially. Or psychiatry. Psychiatry. Both, Mm -hmm. actually. Both, yeah. Why not? I'm Dr. Dr. Grace. I got two PhDs. (laughs) Dr. 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 Grace, MD, PhD. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But either way, uh, DID can be a response to trauma in someone's life. Um, And essentially with, yeah, with DID, Usually it's, you're the one who is kind of switching between these completely separate personalities without your control. And schizophrenia is that you're hearing or seeing if it's the type of schizophrenia that has like delusions or hallucinations Mm -hmm. is that you're like talking back to them, which is why Suarez is kind of a mixture of maybe between the two of them, because he clearly has these different personalities, but is also talking and interacting with them. Mm So, like I said, it can stem from trauma, yes. which clearly Suarez had multiple of. Yeah. Um, and not only had he never dealt with those traumas, but they were allowed to fester in this underground world that also was surrounded by endless other personalities because there was a theater right above mm-hmm. him. So all he saw was other personalities going yeah. on. So as we go on here in our episode, I will continue to mention Euripides and Voltaire as if they were individuals. But keep in mind that every time I do, it's Suarez holding them up as puppets, either on his like his uh, gator paws or his tail if he needs to use his hand for something else, like wow. giving them voices, interacting with them, et cetera, et cetera. Well, so. at least those characters make more sense now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. kind of. I almost put uh, this reveal in later, but I'm glad I moved it up to here for this exact reason. Yeah, because I would have just kept stopping you. Like, how? why are they so <laughs> tiny? I just don't get it, Grace. I know you didn't write <laughs> this episode of Rescue Range, or did you? No, <laughs> but I just would have kept bringing it up. They, that that uh, helps. It also does raise more questions, but, you know, that's for the what end. What can you do? <laughs> At least we got one question solved, which is they are puppets. They're puppets, which is why they're small. Now that anyway. Okay. Yes. And so for example, (laughs) um, just to, again, give a picture of this whole situation, Mm -hmm. Dale is trying to fight them. Sewer nose is rising up behind them with them on his hands. (laughs) And then all of a sudden (laughs) turns them and Voltaire starts yelling at sewer nose, calling him a bad actor as Euripides says, Please let me introduce you to the best actor, singer, and dancer in all the land, Suarez de Bourgeonac, or whatever his last name was. Um, and Suarez is like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." And it's all happening at the same time. Oh my so, gosh! And he's like incident- switching voices still. Yes. Yep. Cool. Switching voices. Yeah, yeah. Distinct voices all around. Um, he's definitely talented. You know, he's something. He's something. <laughs> he's, yeah. <laughs> so. Instead of immediately trying to eat the rescue rangers, Sewer Sewer Nose is actually overjoyed at their appearance, calling them his audience. And thus he enters his monologue slash soliloquy about studying under, quite literally, under the greatest performers of all time. Yeah, see that pun? Under, clever. Well done. Um, And this is when he like tells his full backstory and all the puppets are like cheering him on at this. Um, While this is happening, he's cheering cheering himself himself on. on. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So while this is happening, uh, the rescue rangers at first are like touched with like, oh, like you were torn away from your family. But then they're straight up like, oh, this croc is off his rock. 
And I'm pretty sure at one point, like Monty says, that he's, this rock is off his rock. Yeah. Um, and then they literally like slowly back away while he's like, and then I came to the sewers and they're like, let's get out of here. Do, do, do. But as the rest of the Rangers are trying to leave, Sewer Nose drops a cage on them. Um, and they explain that they, they can't leave yet. Not before the dinner theater that oh. evening. They are the dinner, right? Yep, exactly. Which brings us back to where we all started uh, with all of the rescue rangers tied up as marionettes. Also, side note, they're in like Western costumes because that's the the show, quote unquote, that Sewer Nose is putting on. Okay, the puppets are. Cool. Yep. Voltaire Um, changed out of his suit. Yes. Group guy changed out of his robes. Yep. And it's all all a whole Western show. Going Don Wayne. Yep. And so, like I said, as Dale breaks free, gets everyone tied up as, you know, a distraction. Um, again, with Sewer Nose just shrugging and being like, well, I guess I'll just go ahead and eat you then because you guys do not respect my art in this show. God damn it. Oof. So as he lifts them above his maw, Gadget, as usual, saves the day. So Gadget rips the duct tape off and apologizes for their poor performance in the play that Sewer Nose was trying oh, to put smart. on. Oh, smart. And how they could never be as wonderful as an actor as Sewer Nose, who, by the way, they had not actually seen him act yet. Like, he was just controlling the marionettes. Like, they haven't actually seen him act. But in a whatever. Way. Yeah, I mean, that's right. He's acting as the puppets. He doesn't think he's acting, but... Yeah, which so it's like, is it really acting? It's like taking method acting to a whole new level. Yeah. It's like, no, I am these, I am these puppets. These For a second, puppets. it sounded like you were just going to say, it's like taking meth. It oh. acting to a whole new level. <laughs> it's like both. So all the rescue rangers jump in with compliments, including comments about how Sewer Nose is even better than Clarence Dudley, the current pirate actor who's trash. And of course, Suranos is fucking eating up these compliments mm-hmm. and is joining them in lamenting how bad Clarence Dudley is, which is why they were trying to kill him in the first place. Kill. But as he's Jeez. getting a hibbity hyped up from his rescue ranger compliments, Suranos is like, you know what? Your Pites and Voltaire, they did a bad job trying to kill Clarence Dudley. And you're right. He does suck. I should kill him myself. And you know what? You're right. I am the greatest actor. Instead of just getting a replacement who I like better, I should replace him. So Loki, the rescue rangers also gave him the, he was already trying to murder the actor, but they like, they pushed it. They're like kind of accessories to murder now, I think. Yeah. I mean. It's a little little gray area. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up. <laughs> I'm um, guessing they're on to something, but so far it's looking like they're on their way to jail. I think that they were just like, great, he'll untie us and then we'll escape. They were, I think, yeah. when they were like, oh, he's gonna well, actually oh, they were like, shoot, we should... oh shit, that didn't work out because Monty, in another shout out, Alexis, to one of your past episodes, goes, he's battier than a room full of Jamaican fruit bats. No. <laughs> Yikes, Monty. Low racist oh, Australian no. Monty. Yeah, for one and two, no, <laughs> we're trying to forget that episode, except for <laughs> our coverage of it on this <laughs> podcast. But in terms of the real episode, 
They're like, no, 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 no more mention of that's no more. That <laughs> got us in trouble. Yikes. Big yikes. <laughs> so, um, you know, the rescuers are now like still tied up in a big old knot and they're like, oh shit, he's still going to go murder. We got to get out of this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we cut as the restaurant is trying to figure that shit out. We cut to Clarence in his dressing room. And he, by the way, is like French slash Swedish and is just like singing to himself in his dressing room. <laughs> um, when Voltaire, your Pites, and Sewer Nose individually, like one by one, uh, stick their heads in the dressing room. Um, and then Sewer Nose just bursts in and declares he's there to eat Clarence like straight up is like mm. mouth wide open like stalking getting ready to chomp down as Clarence is like you know oh, no at least he set the expectations yes. for this interaction communicator honestly <laughs> very, good. very yeah. very clear I mean all he does all day is communicate with true other two, so, he's very so good at it. it's good to know he can do it with real people as well <laughs> yeah true 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 <laughs> um but all of a sudden, Suernos realizes, ever the professional actor that he is, that he can't perform on a full stomach. So instead, they'll just kidnap him. So they like they straight up Saving like throw, dessert. yeah, Clarence into like a set piece and like trap him there for the time being. Mm. So again, to no surprise, who's going to save the day for the rescue rangers down there still in the sewers? Gadget. Mm-hmm. So she breaks them free from the strings, which is not that important except for how she did it because it's very funny that like she's able to untangle all of them, but they're all like still tied up. And so she like pushes off Monty's stomach into another (gasps) marionette, which is a soldier marionette, which as she crashes into it, it like, it's like a wooden toy soldier. It like crumples its arms around her and she blushes and then Monty oh, looks at Chippendale and goes, it's the uniform, mates. Women go crazy for him. <laughs> like straight up calls Chippendale out and is like, she's into uniforms, dudes. It's how the world works. Even when it's on a freaking uh, a puppet. Toy. Yeah. Yeah, a toy. Exactly. Uh, but anyways, she uh, takes the sword from the soldier and then cuts them all free. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. so that's the only As reason why it's important is for that yeah. line from Monty, who's got a lot of zingers this episode. Yeah, that's he's, all he he's does on it. Episode. <laughs> nice. have commentary. Not using his strength whatsoever. I guess <laughs> no. besides his, his strength for comedy. Yep, it, which we all need. <laughs> yeah. So um, unfortunately, though, the rescue rangers are too late to save Clarence. By the time they get there, they have no idea where he is. And Sewer Nose has donned the pirate costume, the Zorro mask, and he's walking on stage as uh, Europides, or like moments before he walks on stage, Europides is like, you've got this, it's your, you've got this, it's your moment to shine. And Voltaire is essentially being like, don't fuck it up. This is your only moment to shine, buddy. Um, And then here we have a direct pull from Phantom of the Opera, in which we again open on the masquerade scene and Sewer Nose, dressed as someone else, aka head-to-toe in this pirate costume with the mask on, which is a callback because in the Masquerade song, the Phantom of the Opera is wearing a head-to-toe all-red pirate outfit with a mask mm-hmm. on. So again, the heavy, like, if they were sprinkling some salt at this point, they've just, like, opened up the entire, like, you know, table salt and they're just dumping it on there for yeah. pulling directly from the show slash I guess fun. Um 
So uh, similarly, when everyone realizes in Phantom of the Opera that it's the Phantom of the Opera, when Suardos bursts onto the stage, it's a fucking alligator. Everybody realizes <laughs> it immediately and like <laughs> runs from Run. the stage, screaming. Yeah. Um, and it's not Clarence or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, "That's not him. Uh, we yeah. we gotta go." So the audience is screaming and running away. All of the actors are running and screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, luckily, the rescue rangers quick thinking here because they are like okay well we got to keep him on stage or else he's gonna run away or like go eat everyone um and as they're putting together this this quick plan to solve this you know murderous alligator situation uh this attempted murder um this plan will involve some trickery some cunning some costume changes oh yay and a bit of foreshadowing in this moment as the camera zooms in to like you know stage right i guess there's a um an actor's bathroom and it just zooms in on a toilet to call back to sewer nose's backstory (laughs) of being flushed so keep that little moment in mind oh gosh so again to keep sewer nose on stage was the first part of the plan that they hatch um, sewer nose also, by the way, is like thrashing around saying that he will eat everyone for dinner for like offending oh them in this moment. Yeah. He is pissed, yeah. but luckily ever the thinker chip pops onto the balcony mm-hmm. dressed as the King's daughter <laughs> in the Viking outfit. But he, instead of the metal helmet, he still has his like Indiana Jones hat on, and, like, little, like, <laughs> and, like the angel wings, but then the like Viking dress and like like metal like bra that's part of it, the like fur cape, like everything. I missed that at the beginning. I guess maybe was the was the princess a rodent? No. Okay. Okay. She was a human. <laughs> okay, thought so. I was like, wait. Yeah. someone had some real fast sewing skills and chip was like i'm on i'll be the princess we've talked in the past about how there's an entire animal or rodent world adjacent (laughs) to everything that happens for like humans (laughs) like fat cat is the 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 head honcho of the underground crime world for animals (laughs) there's actually like a whole theater program here at this (laughs) playhouse and there's like a dressing room for all the rodent actors go grab something from over there viking 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 princess viking perfect but no no no, i need my hat (laughs) i need my hat put the little angel wing horn things on it done (laughs) but yeah so i just had to know that the house he would not but oh no 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 he would never never (laughs) um so uh again ever the professional though as uh chip is literally on the railing of the balcony like in that like little chipmunk voice like And like everyone fucking knows everyone there is like who is this chipmunk saying right now right we're already <laughs> running from a fucking alligator yeah. now there's a chipmunk like can someone what? turn the mic off we're trying to hear like the emergency yeah, like, announcement. Yeah. yeah we like yeah the security to tell us where to go what exit do we go to right now <laughs> that won't get us eaten <laughs> so um but again ever the professional 
Sewer Nose jumps right back into the scene and starts singing with Chip up on the balcony as the pirate. (laughs) And Dale jumps on stage as one of the guards with his little fencing sword, um, saying, Ungod! And starts to duel with Sewer Nose, which is funny because, again, of the guy Sewer Nose was named after, was a famous duelist. So Mm, they are dueling across the stage um which to no surprise a small chipmunk dueling a giant alligator he corners and disarms dale in like two seconds like (laughs) he trips over something and then immediately is like swish what are you gonna do fucking chipmunk yeah Yeah. (laughs) what's your plan buddy the the sword dale is using even if it's not like a toothpick it may as well be a toothpick compared Literally. to sewer nose yeah. for an alligator it would have been a toothpick yes. yeah like easily and will mm. be as he's about to now eat dale mm. but thinking on their toes gadget and monty had noticed about how when sewer nose was going on stage after that last moment with voltaire and Eurypides the two physical puppets were dropped behind him as he like swung onto stage. Mm. So Gadget and Monty grab the puppets and jump onto the balcony and start acting like Voltaire and Euripides since Cyrano's <laughs> thinks they're real. Is this taking advantage and abusing someone's mental illness? Absolutely is. Yes. <laughs> Does it work? Yes. I hope so. <laughs> is it worth it? Yes. In this only scenario only. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they Ethically begin mocking. Gray. Yes, yeah, morally gray situation. Here. Yeah. So they begin mocking Sewer Nose, basically saying that he's a, like, they're like booing him, being like, you'll never act again in this town. You have oh, crap. No. He doesn't actually say crap. You have crap. Yeah, <laughs> yelling it. And even like the nerdy one is like, this performance was trash. Um Funny again, Sewer Nose looks up at them and goes, Et tu, Europides? Okay. <laughs> Et tu, Brutus? Brutus. Yeah. So love that little moment. Yes. Um, and so, like I said, Sewer Nose is very bad at taking critiques. And now the critiques are coming from his closest friends that mm. he's like staggering back on stage, like, cannot take the criticism. And as Falling he's staggering back, going into pure dramatic shock no less and as he's doing that somehow in this very short like love song that had been performed and duel most likely gadget because she's the genius was somehow able to like repipe the theater and connect the fountain that was on the stage to the toilet that was off of stage right and as soon as, yeah, I don't know how they did it. Stop asking questions. She's a genius, all right? She's a genius, okay? <laughs> so Sewer Nose, stumbling back, falls into the fountain, right as I assume Zipper flushes the toilet, flushing him down the fountain. And it's like Loki kind of sad because as it's happening, Sewer Nose is screaming, Mama! Like Aww. reliving his trauma. Much like, might I add, my first Rescue Rangers episode, where the rescuers just like reinduce trauma onto these criminals from like yes. their OG, like their backstories and history. They and, like, truly take advantage of these people. I mean, I guess they're criminals, but yeah, yeah they but, like, uh, still 
yeah be like that I know Um, now this person's going to be even more tormented in prison how do you think they're going to get reformed if they go in (laughs) with all of that extra trauma on top of their criminality you know what maybe this is like because this is 1989 this is like late 80s like criminal quote-unquote reform which like was let's just re-traumatize them and treat them like they're not humans not as if that hasn't changed but like a box with no windows they'll be fine Yeah, it was like even let they weren't trying to hide that they were doing that, I guess, back then. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, then it's like mm-hmm. over. Uh oh. like he literally just got flushed <laughs> back into the sewer. And now to him, like he's gone through, like you just said, another flushing trauma. Now his friends, Euripides and Voltaire, like the puppets aren't there. They're still on Gadget and Monty. So oh, like no. I'm like people obviously who have like DID and like schizophrenia are by no means dangerous but like this guy is and has like unmanaged very serious mental health problems mm-hmm. so like I don't know what's gonna happen to him but because of the rescue rangers like meddling I think it's about to get worse for this I'm opera saying, house <laughs> and okay. I think fans of the opera is about to begin <laughs> like directly from the show this was a fan of the opera yeah, yes. this is yeah, this, this actually, is the backstory of Andrew Lloyd Webber slash whoever the French author is, Phantom Phantom of the Opera. This is actually Sewer Noses um his villain origin story. Yeah. Before <laughs> this, Rangers. it was questionable, but now yeah. he's truly just going to barrel roll into yeah, something horribly dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, he's about to become the angel of music, which is what the family opera is referred to. Um, so yes, he's going to find his Christine. He's going to become obsessed with her. He's going to murder in order to get her on stage. He's going to murder because he loves her. And eventually kill himself because that's what happened in the book of the family opera. Except and there you have it. He's just going to be another sock puppet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Wonderful. Sing Amazing. for me. Yeah. Sock puppet. <laughs> Just start singing to himself. Um, yes. Amazing. Wonderful job. That was great. Thank you. That was great. It was a joyous episode for me to watch. Wow. Right I now. have a lot of questions and a lot of comments. Go, let's hear some. Did someone, right. did someone flush these socks down the toilet and this like adorable little Maybe not at the at the theater, somewhere else in New York, which actually it's you know, New York, man. It's, yeah, the, Who knows? saying that out loud, I was like, wait, yes, that's definitely what happened. Yes, um, yes. that is how we found the puppets. Yes, it also seems very much like Voltaire and Greek dude were like the angel and devil on yes. his shoulder. You know, exactly. Voltaire, like you're shitty. You need to do better. Yep. Greek dude, like no, you're the greatest. Just challenging you. Love That's it. Exactly what they were. Yeah, so and cute. even like especially like because they're devil in a nice suit, yeah. angel and like Greek robes and stuff with the laurel <laughs> wreath. Yes, I'm, um, I'm loving yes, it. A thousand percent. And then the last, the last comment is, "Good God, I feel like we could do the greatest crossover between." scooby-doo rescue rangers and darkwing duck <laughs> where i was like the moment you mentioned gator i'm thinking of the gator ghoul and so imagining <laughs> the gator ghoul like in a three he was from a film. he was he was a star of some sort of work Just of say. art so Maybe it was actually Sewer Nose and the robotic gator suit was just his like stunt double, actually. 
Uh, and then <laughs> you got two you've got you've got Tuscarini from uh, <laughs> Darkwing Duck, the theatrical theater loving well, criminal reform reformed criminal reform. Well, <laughs> even the fact that uh, the costume changes for the Rescue Rangers, the fact that Darkwing Duck—that's literally how he found oh, it. Got his it costume. was like the theater at his high school, like the costume. Room. Yes. I think what we're learning today is that uh, people who wrote cartoons in like the 80s and stuff, and including actually the 2000s with your episode, your musical episode. Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) Scooby-Doo. They're just all a bunch of theater nerds. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, to no surprise. Which checks out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm, Yeah. um, A thousand percent. Um, I love it. Yeah. That that was a very, it was a very fun episode. Uh, It Again, maybe just listen to the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack all week long. Beautiful. Um, can't stop, won't stop. I hope to find. So this is like the type of musical episode that I was stoked about. Unlike my werewolf episode where I was like, <laughs> yeah. what did I get? Oh, fuck. It's into? a musical. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So um, highly recommend I like, it. Enjoy that watch. I like how I'm, I am excited to watch it. I'm going to check it out probably right after this. <laughs> um yes. I like how you say that doing this episode is what got you to listen to the Phantom of the Opera album as if you wouldn't have already <laughs> been playing that shit on repeat. I, uh, it's okay. Just a minute. Uh, <laughs> but this was a I nice way to make it seem like purposeful. Yeah, I was just doing the research. You know, as if I like this was the one time you didn't half research something. <laughs> cue montage of grace like listening to the music like reenacting all of it by herself home alone I, like, went or read the book. Like, yeah. I went and traveled to see the musical live again visited the archives to see like the original the original script <laughs> the original i created a books. time machine so i could go back to the 80s when the first like like version of it premiered in london and yeah. i'm there I'm watching Andrew nice. Lloyd Webber write the musical <laughs> version. He's like standing over his shoulder. <laughs> I'm like breathing down the, his neck. Can you give the Phantom a red outfit for the masquerade scene? Thanks. It works really well later on. There has been no time travel paradox from this. <laughs> or actually there has, and that explains why this year is so out of whack because yeah, Grace had to go back. <laughs> and give and one outfit it. suggestion to Andrew yeah. Lloyd Webber. It would be great if that were red. Just saying, like, and then you like fade back to the year 2022. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it works. Um, yeah, and as if all of this, like, as if it's not almost every week in which, like, while I'm working, I'm also like very loudly belting out musicals while <laughs> yeah. like doing my actual work, except that this particular week it was just even worse because it's me trying to sing like rock opera music (laughs) well like writing my like legal memos and shit for work it's just "Ah!" yeah so Uh, you like accidentally type a few (laughs) (laughs) over and over again so yeah so there you have Uh, it Um, great love it yeah excellent job great job thank you Another great um, so episode between, of Rescue Rangers. Thank you. Yeah. So between now and next week for your last Rescue Rangers episode, um, who should they uh, tell this podcast about? Who should they tell? Who should they tell? Well, oh, I think we've done. I think we've done um, 
theater before. Theater yeah. yeah, we have. Oh, but you know, last time I think we said like the, um, the what do you call the person? Yeah, the ushers. This time, go to the theater, whichever, whether it's a movie theater or um, opera, right. whatever. Yeah. Tell the actual ticket person, not the person Ooh. like, yeah, working popcorn stand. I guess sometimes it's both, but tell whoever is swiping your ticket. Mm. We maybe have done that before. I don't know, but do it again. I think we have. We know that people go back to the movies. Okay, more well, than but once. last time it was for the movie theater. Let's just make this yeah. thing just strictly live theater. Boom, do that. Great. Just for um, the theater. And then Who also in the live theater, um, I think you should, um, uh, like, maybe during, like, the overture, like, some people are, like, still kind of, like, getting their seats and that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. go down to the orchestra pit and just start tapping <laughs> the conductor. <laughs> like, hey, pss, pss, pss. have you heard of Saturday Morning Mysteries? Have you heard of, have you heard of Phantom of the Opera? Yeah, Saturday Morning Mysteries talks. You probably haven't heard of that show. It's really good. Um, that you musical. probably also haven't heard of Phantom of the Opera. It's all good. Yeah, yeah neither of them. You should watch both. But listen, Saturday, watch fan. Go see Phantom first, and then watch Saturday Morning Mysteries. Um, you're doing great, by the way. They're like and, still going as you're uh-huh. saying it. They're not even listening, but they're also everything you're saying is getting picked up in the mic. Yeah. And like the beautiful acoustics. And also I'm imagining that like you're seeing this as you go see Phantom of the Opera, which again, the overture exactly. is when like the electric organ and electric guitar That's starts. So, so you're shouting over it. <laughs> and also you're doing this while seeing Phantom of the Opera and you're asking the conductor of that opera <laughs> if he has seen or heard of Phantom of the Opera. You know what? just shove like the playbill on his like little conductor stand yeah. for Phantom. Yeah. But also make right sure you get all those other papers off first. Though. Yeah. Those aren't important. <laughs> Push those other whatever papers to the side and shove the playbill on there. And just yeah. start actually playing this episode and put your phone there. So it's the yeah. best acoustics for the yeah. theater. Put like our intro and outro music <laughs> on. Turn it all the way up. That's all the way up. <laughs> and then enjoy getting pulled out of the theater by security. <laughs> uh-huh. Again, like always, we're not liable for your choices. No. But that's a good but, one. So yeah. Go and like, but like definitely tell us when you do the things we tell you to do. Because <laughs> like uh-huh. we want to laugh at you for actually doing them. Yeah. And then send us your tickets for fans of the opera so that we yeah. can go see it again. Yeah. Thank you. Because like we're not going to get kicked out, but <laughs> sucks that you did. For whatever reason. (laughs) Anyway. Anyways. um, That's it until next next week. week. Yeah. Our last episode of Rescue Rangers. Make sure you join us for that. Yep. Like, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. 
Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Satmore Mist, all the abreeves, and let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.